Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, December 16th. Thank you guys for tuning in. We're excited about tonight's episode. But first, let me just share that tonight's episode is our last episode for this year. Again, it's the last episode for this year. Um, so we want to make sure that you guys um, remember that. We'll be back on the first Sunday of January, okay, and I don't remember what that date is, but we'll be back on the first Sunday of January, um, and we'll be making a couple posts about that so you can be aware of that. Um, the the call-in number for tonight is 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. And then also I just want to say thank you guys for not only hanging out with us all year long, but hanging out with us for the last 10 years. Again, we are celebrating 10 years of Beauty Talk, and we thank you and all of our guests who've who've shared with us. Now I'm going to turn it over to Denise, and she can greet you guys in her own way. Okay. Can't hear her. Sorry about that. This time around, I had myself on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Good evening, everyone, and uh, thank you guys once again for joining the show. I just wanted to take the time out to thank our listeners uh, who uh, listened in last week to the show, of course, from the U.S., Australia, Canada, the United Kingdom, Spain, and joining us for the first time, seems like uh, we have a few listeners in Denmark. So we want to thank you guys all for joining us here on Beauty Talk. We're excited tonight about our guests. For tonight and the conversation that we're going to have. And once again, if you have a comment or question, please call in 914-803-4399. If you have a question, uh, push the button to raise your hand and we'll know you're out there and want to get on the line. If you just want to listen, then hang out and just listen. All right. Sounds good. We'll be right back right after this. Beauty Talk Radio, hosted by your favorite twin celebrity makeup artist, Janice and Denise Tunnell, is celebrating 10 years, and we simply want to say thank you to all of our guests, our sponsors, and supporters who have taken the journey with us. Because of your support, we've been able to bring you conversations, beauty and skincare tips from the industry's finest, and so many more. Sam Fine, Australian makeup artist Ray Morris, James Vincent, 
V. Neal, Nigeria's own Lola Maja, Kevin James Bennett, Rocky Cosetti, Marietta Carter Narcisse, Tim Bukharin, Mickey Taylor, formerly of Essence Magazine, A.J. Crimson, Michael DeVellis, Suzanne Patterson, Larry Sims, Denisa Myricks, Melissa Street, Michael Key of Makeup Artist Magazine, Camille Friend Rochar, Naja Riquette, Bernadette Thompson, and so many more. We're celebrating 10 years, and we're so excited about what's to come for Beauty Talk Radio. Millions listen live and via iTunes downloads from around the world. So we have to say thank you to our listeners in the U.S., of course, the U.K., Australia, Ghana, Russia, South Africa, Uganda. Uganda, Brazil, South Korea, Ireland, Canada, Sweden, the Bahamas, and so many other parts of the world. Are you following us on social media? We're on Instagram at beauty underscore talk underscore media. We're also on Twitter at beauty underscore talk. And we can't forget about Facebook, beauty talk online. We're celebrating 10 years. We're excited about where we're going, and we know you are too. All right, let's not hold this up any longer. Welcome to the show, AJ Crimson. Hi, how are you? We are wonderful. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. No complaints. Good, 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 good. Have a great Sunday. Uh, Yeah, it's actually been pretty uh, eventful. Like I've been up since about maybe 6.30 and... Uh, I'm currently in the middle of packing. Like I, just, I finished a photo shoot, some shopping, a photo shoot, and yeah, and then I'm on my way to the airport right after this. <laughs> are you getting your, Are you getting your Christmas uh, vacation started early? Uh, no, not really. I'm actually going to Tampa to uh, to do a mastermind session with a group uh, a group of uh, makeup artists there that are uh, looking to basically kind of brainstorm about what they, what they're going to do in the new year, like how they're going to attack the new year. And, uh, and they're bringing me down to basically kind of sit in on these conversations and add some input and, um, and give some insight on, you know, on strategy. So yeah, nice. I'm, not, I'm still working. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that seems What's to never that? stop. I said, oh, I need no, to be there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm like I'm actually quite, quite excited. I was in my head, I was thinking, I was like, oh, like, do I want to? It's so close to Christmas. Like, should I, should I wait? And I was like, you know what? Like, I'll let's just make it work. Like, I have a lot going on, but I'll go down and I'm with them for three days. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be. Oh fun. wow! Okay. So, so AJ, how much how much time do you have tonight? Do we need to uh, get you out of here soon? Uh, no. I mean, what, I don't know how long the show is. <laughs> It depends on how long you want to talk. <laughs> nice. I'll probably leave in about a, an hour. Okay, we can That's do that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good so now that, now that you mentioned the mastermind, let's talk a little bit about what do you think or how do you think an artist, especially especially those artists out there who who've been doing this for a very very long time, and you know, like we've been doing this for 20 years and, you know, things have changed in 20 years and, you know, like, you know, and there wasn't social media wasn't around when we first started and, you know, so many new things, so many new technologies, new products, new everything. What would you suggest to an artist who's looking to kind of 
get back in the game, so to speak, or, you know, maybe they, they were working a lot and then things with the industry changed and now they just don't know where they fit in. What would you suggest to them, like, as to where to start? Um, so one of my favorite quotes is, there's nothing new, only what's forgotten. And I think when you think about, you know, a career that you once had and how to allow, how to interject yourself into what's happening now, um, it's one of those things where you have information that so many people have forgotten about and that so many people don't even, they don't do the research to find out about. So you really have an advantage and you have a leg up and it's about you taking those things that people have forgotten about it and giving it, giving it a new twist and giving it a new spin. Um, you know, I mean, I was, it was so interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine, Joanna Simpkin, actually a uh, makeup artist out of New York. And uh, mm-hmm. she had done an article about glass skin and I it was like, Hey, so I just hit her and I was like, okay. So I said, glass skin. I said, so like, tell me more about glass skin. And I was like, is it just dewy skin? Is it the same dewy skin I was doing in 2006? Like, I just, I'm mm-hmm. like, what's different about it? You know, is it highlighter? Is it shimmer? Like, what is it? And she was, and, and we just had a laugh about it because um, literally I had posted a picture of Lauren London from 2006, the first time we'd ever worked together from, from uh, Vibe Magazine. And I was just like, wow. I was like, yeah, like this is, like skin has never not been in. It was always here. Right. It's just that you just, you are just turned on to it, you know, or you were just, you know, and whoever you is, you know, they were just mm-hmm. following a trend of the moment to be mad or to, to be what have you. So, you know, so I think that those who are, you know, kind of out of the loop or, you know, how to kind of taking themselves out of the game, um, all is not lost. I think it's just about you getting involved and, and saying, Hey, like, you know, catching up with the times, it's, you know, you can't, you know, if you love the eighties, you know what I mean? And clearly 80s fashion is out you can't keep rocking the 80s unless you remix it (laughs) everything will come back you know to the light but you know you have to do it in a new way so you know don't be afraid just jump in absolutely that's i think that's perfect advice um what have you noticed about the industry or what are some of the changes that you've noticed um over the years about the industry and do you think they're they're good positive changes or um, or even or have you seen some things that's not so good about the industry um, over the years uh, uh, okay well I mean I've the money has changed dramatically you yeah. know what I mean but it was changing even when I came into the business so you know imagine you know like my predecessors were you know like Sam Fine and Billy B and Matthew Anderson Joe and Gare like those folks and you know they were you know, making probably say Scott Barnes even, you know, like making what, like five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand dollars a day. By the time mm-hmm. I got going in the business, I probably peaked somewhere around like forty five, like thirty five, forty five, depending on what was happening and, and who the girl was. And then, you know, I left the business unbeknownst to many people, uh, to run my agency for six years and um, and just even with the makeup artists that we had, um, it was hard to even break them, you know, beyond $2,000, you know, and a lot of it, especially in LA was, you know, like people just weren't, they just, you know, it was just so many people and so many people willing to do, do more for, 
way less, like almost free because of social social media. Um, it changed right. dramatically. It just, you know, it was one of those things where it just I had to tell a few people like, hey, it doesn't even make sense for us to represent you because, to be honest, um, you can't. You're just not at the place where we can monetize you over over a couple hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like you're, right. you know, like if I can't, like what do I like? What is it? What is it for me to work this hard? You know, to take twenty percent of five hundred dollars. Like I can't even right. pay my personal bill with that. You know, my, my cell phone bill and all the all the calls it takes just to get you booked. You know what I mean? And right. you have bills, so you don't want me taking twenty percent of right. those little pennies. You know what I mean? And, um, compared to what it could be, so it's like, hey, you might as well just manage this on your own. You know what I mean? So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, so it's changing that way. I think the, I think, and that, and that could be a negative. But I also think that the business kind of reset itself, you know, to the point where, you know, as it does, um, you know, uh, with the introduction of social media, I think it introduced a way of being. It it provided a lot of opportunities for people who wouldn't have normally had an opportunity to even be seen. Um, it right. gave a lot of people confidence um, in their work that they wouldn't have had before and allowed them to advance further than they would have before because I probably – probably would think that I'm maybe of the last group of makeup artists um, that actually had simultaneously like an agent and had a book and where you, and there was no social media and you needed, you needed an agent and a book in order to book celebrity clients or book, you know, um, high profile advertising even, you know, now, you know, I, there's like kill pretty is booking cover girl based off of his Instagram portfolio. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and like what he, and what he's doing on social media. So Instagram has definitely become an acceptable means of showcasing your work. It's, it's put you out there on a, on a level where millions of people um, have the opportunity to see you where before you were kind of like a group of an elite crowd Um you know, and you had to work your way up through the ranks. Like now it just kind of evens the flip playing field. So those of us or those people who, um, who are, who may have been bitter or angry about Instagram because I embraced it. Mm-hmm. But like there, I know a lot of artists who definitely were like bitter and angry about social media artists or artists that are on, that are using social media to their advantage. Right. You know, those are the ones that are really losing out because, um, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, you can't, be stuck to radio when cable is the new thing, right? Right. So. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so true. Absolutely. And I think I think yeah. we've seen I think we've seen a little bit of that also on the you know, in the film and television arena. Like when we first started out, um the rates were great, the contracts were great. Um you could make you know, all kinds of money. And you still can um, because basically the rates that you make, you know, a lot of people don't even see that kind of money and just in general from day to day, but you still can make good money. But you look at how the contracts or some of the things in the contracts are just disappearing over time. It's just disappearing, mm-hmm. disappearing. And, the, the, the stu- you know, like the studios aren't given, you know, the productions as much money to make the same quality of film that they were making, you know, back in the day. So it's just like, I feel like it's, you're seeing it all over the industry and in so many other ways as well. 
it's just yeah um, for sure and i think that um and i was talking to a um i was at my photo shoot earlier today um a makeup artist who actually is like really great at photography as well um we were just having a sidebar conversation and she was like you know i think that people are just you know people have just learned to make what they have use what they have and make it win and make it work you know and that's how you're seeing like what maybe back in 2007 2008 um when i forget the name of the movie but it was it was made for like fifteen thousand dollars it was like a, a thriller and it was you know, it's a fifteen thousand dollar movie that ended up bringing in like millions and millions of dollars, and it's just like, okay, like, well, why do we, right. why do we just spend four million dollars on this other thriller that just made four million dollars back when this one that cost fifteen thousand to make has caused so much of a stir, like it's gotten everybody riled up and it's make it's making money over money. So, you know, it just, I think it just kind of reevaluated things. I don't necessarily know that. Um, I don't. I don't believe that that's always a good thing because I think that sometimes you can compromise um, quality in trying right. to mm-hmm. just, you know, use what you got. You know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, even when we think right. about like my, my, I think about my makeup line. You know, I see so many brands that are, you know, launching every week. Like, I almost there's almost like a mm-hmm. new new foundation launch now every two weeks to a month. Right. And. Uh, and all boasting like to have all these colors were just just five years ago when I launched this line, no one was talking like this. Um, but, you know, no. in a time where everybody is like racing to find retailers and like, oh, we're going to go to Target and, oh, we're going to go to, you know, uh, you know, CVS or Walgreens or Discount and Drugstore and, and even even bigger brands that have been around for the last 25 years, like they're lowering their prices on things. It's like, it's like, who are you really talking to? Like, because, you know, the product didn't get cheaper to make, you know what I mean? It didn't get right. cheaper to make it. We, we've just opened the door for, we just opened the door for people to uh, just buy less expensive makeup. Like I don't, I don't think that I don't think right. that I need to lower my prices because now every, because everybody else is like lowering it to drugstore prices. I think that there's a difference. I think that there's a there's a quality of makeup that I want to provide. There's a standard of quality that we give, and um, and I know that the product works, and um, and the customers who enjoy it know that it works. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I think we just spend too much time watering everything down to try to reach everybody and and I'll be the first to say everybody's not my customer. You know what I mean? Like I'm right. not speaking to Absolutely. everybody. I'm not speaking to everybody in my makeup artistry. I'm not speaking to everybody in my in my with my makeup brand. I'm speaking to a lot of people in those areas, but I'm not speak I can't speak to everybody. It's just not enough of me to give to everybody. So, you know, we just have to, you know, hang on to I hang on, but move steadfast in what you believe and 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 your and your values of your work. I mean, that's just how you value things and value value you and value what your output is. If everybody in your community is doing makeup for fifty dollars and you know that you do makeup much better than that, do you drop mm-hmm. your prices to the fifty dollars just to compete on that level, or do you put right. people to task and make them step up to your standard of quality? And I right. just choose to always elevate myself and not move backwards. I was I was assistant I was a, an assistant making two hundred and fifty dollars. Like you know what I mean? I'm not going to go back as a key and back as an expert and back as a brand owner to just to be a part of the conversation. You know what I mean? I'll create a new right. conversation. 
Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of that going on. Um, it's a lot of that going on today. As a matter of fact, um, I was just listening to another artist at work the other day, talking on the phone, and she was she was upset because uh, whoever she was talking to had called her and said, you know, this client wants you to do her makeup um, for $75. And I believe this artist charged, charges 85 or 85 or 95, something like that. And she was going back and forth saying, you know, Oh, you know, these people are dropping their prices. And she was naming other artists who, who always do it for lower and she doesn't want to be like them. But when she, before she hung the phone up, she's like, well, go ahead on and tell her I'll do it for $75. So I'm just hearing, like you're saying, you know, don't lower your standards just so that you could be a part of the conversation, you know. And a lot of artists are doing that just to get the money, just to get the job, you know, instead of well, sometimes you setting the with it. I think that. You sometimes you have to you have to know where your you have to know where your money is at. You know what I mean? Only you know where your pockets are. Mm-hmm. Only you know what your bank account looks like. And right. you know, mm-hmm. and that is going to be that's a tough decision if it comes to hey, like you know what? I don't. I need that seventy five dollars to pay my Verizon bill. I need that seventy five dollars to you know get my kids um you know like lunch for the next week. Like if you know if those mm-hmm. if that's what we're talking about and it's like hey like I get it I got I need that seventy five dollars just to to stay in business then you know then maybe you bite the bullet or you know you you push harder to get the eighty five that you deserve. I mean it's ten dollars like like are, like are we really if you if I charge if I charge you eighty five dollars and you're haggling with me for ten dollars, you're probably not the kind of customer yeah. that I want in the first place. That is Absolutely. that's the first thing. Like, yeah. certain conversations I'm just I don't ever want to have. You know what I mean? And certain conversations we just shouldn't have. Like, okay, well, ten dollars my way, ten dollars your way, like, you know, just give me the ten bucks. You know what I mean? Like just give me the ten dollars or call <laughs> right. the girl that you normally use for $75. You know what I mean? And I think we also have right. to also be willing to take the chance and say, hey, I'll pass because even if it is just $10, because it's just $10 today and that $10 turns into $100 next time or, or you know, another $20 <laughs> off of that rate. You know what I mean? It turns into $20 the next time and then you're down to 55 bucks, and then that's just the cost of, you know, you putting gas in your car for a few days. Like, you know what I mean? Like what, like, you know, you might as well just go work at the mall. You know, you can make more as a makeup artist working at the mall than, you know, doing your freelance work. And I just, you know, we have to balance those things out, you know, so. Absolutely. But you, but you can't be afraid to say no either. You know what I mean? Like, don't be afraid to just say, hey, like, this is not for me. It's just not for me. And if you're going to do it for, you know, a lower rate, because I obviously, like, I do things for, I do things. For, I have clients that I've been working with for the last, you know, since 2004. You know, so and mm-hmm. and the way the business has gone for everybody, rates have been up, rates have been low. People have money, people don't have money, people have productions paying for it, people are paying out of their pocket, like, you know, all of those things and um, we, whatever the variables are and whatever the relationships are. Like, obviously, like we, you know, we go with those ebbs and flows and. Um, you know, and so I'm not saying that every time I go out, I get my full rate. I'm not saying that every time I go out, I even charge, you know, like I, some of my, some of my clients actually was just like, Hey, like, you know what, here, this is, this one is on me. Like, just because we've been doing it so long and we've made, 
we've made money together before. And, you know, I would almost rather you just not give me anything than to offer me something I would never want to accept, you know? So it's just like, okay, cool. But we make that choice. You know, you get to make that decision and you also get to barter and trade, you know, it's like, I've, which I've done that with clients as well before. It's like, Hey, like, you know, we don't really have a budget for this right now, but you know, we're putting everything we have into just putting this together. And I think as an entrepreneur, like running is running my own business. I understand what that looks like. It's like, Hey, like, you know what? I don't have like $30,000. I don't have $10,000 to put into just this visual, um, this visual piece that I'm trying to do. But you know, how can we make this work? How can, how can you coming more on board working with me? How, what can I do in exchange to make it beneficial for you? And whether that's bartering some services or, you know, say, hey, like, okay, well, I, you, I know you don't have money to pay me for this, but if you can do this, this, and this for me, then that would be great. Whether that's introduce me to someone that you wouldn't have done before or be a part of a photo shoot that you wouldn't have done before or that you would have charged me for before. You know, like, how can we make it work for everybody? Because everybody's looking for a deal and everybody's looking for a win. And, you know, and you never know. Ultimately, at the end of the day, like, it's all about, it's about relationships and it's about, you know, it's about making concessions, you know, that are wins for everybody. So, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to take a lower rate, then there has to be some type of an, an offset to that, some other value point that you can, that you can gain. To, to make you walk away and feel happy about what what just happened. You know what I mean? The the cut the client that's just got the makeup that's gonna love the work and that got the discount, they can't be the only ones excited about the moment. I wanna also be excited that I did it and I don't want to walk away and feel like, oh, like I just got juiced. You know what I mean? Just because I needed yeah, seventy five bucks. Right. Absolutely. In your opinion, what makes a great makeup artist? Um, I think that um, what makes a great makeup artist is someone that uh, is not, they can, I, I think you're on top of trend, but you're also looking to create trend. I think that you, um, you are skilled in a lot of different things. I don't think you need to, if you, I think you're skilled in what you do. Like, I think that, that is one thing that I always, you know, kind of, um, love to see like in the business. And one of the things I do kind of pat myself on the back for is like, I don't do, there's, a, there's quite a few makeup artists that are in my sphere that they do specific things. And, and I don't do any of those things. And it's like, Hey, like, mm-hmm. you know what? I love that. I love that you, that I stick to my lane. I love that. I understand what kind of artist I am and what kind of artistry I provide. Um yeah because it's afforded me the opportunity to really just be known for something as opposed to trying to be known for everything. And I think that as a makeup artist, you kind of need to be known for, you got to, you have to know what you're known for. You have to know what your specialty is. You have to know what, what it gets you excited about the process of doing makeup. I think that um, bringing quality products um, to the table is, imperative. I think it's cool to like work with discount products, but I also think that there's something to having higher end products and as a part of your kit as well, whether you decide it's up to you to know whether X works better than the other for you, but to be well-rounded or to be like, Oh, like I only use drugstore because that's all I feel like I can afford. You're doing yourself a disservice and you're also doing your client one. And you're also, you're also leaving yourself at a, 
at a lower standard because the girl who has an unlimited budget who likes, you know, some of everything, you know, but, you know, she prefers to have brand X, Y, and Z that you have to kind of spend over $100 to get to, you know what I mean? Like, you'll never reach that girl because because you're trying to do it a cheap way. I think that um, um, what other, other things that make a great artist is just uh, studying, studying and research. Do you really know artistry? Do you really know the people who've done it before you? Do you know where they got it from? You know, because everything, like going back to nothing is new, only what's forgotten. You know, like we can go back and look at several amazing makeup artists that are that are that have been killing the game for many, many, many years. But we can always go back to a reference of where they were inspired as well. And right, right now, in the business, even in the movies, right? So you know, even in the movies, mm-hmm. like when you're in a movie, like there's you're going back, you're, you're researching. It's the research, it's the reference, it's going back. I mean, when you look at all right. the award-winning movies, they're usually always like period pieces, you know, because you've got to go back and you've got to recreate a time that we've long forgot and make it authentic and make it feel like, like whoa, like, oh, my God, like you just teleported me back to a place. You know, think about, you know, Christian Dior, like back in the early 2000s, and they were using, like, Pat McGrath was doing a lot of that work and a lot of that makeup, and, you know, and it was just, uh, like, huge appliques, and it was, you know, um, over-exaggerated lips, big over-exaggerated eyebrows, things like that. And it was all very innovative in a new way because she was incorporating um, new materials like latex eyebrows or glitter all over the eye, you know, huge chunky glitter or, you know, um, you know just – all these crazy elaborate things. But then when you do your research and you go back, well, where did that kind of derive from? Well, some of it kind of references Way Bandy from the 70s, you know, so you're getting a little Way Bandy from the 70s, you know, mixed into, you know, the things that she loves from her time in London during that pop, during that punk era, you know, and now you get this, this rebirth of what it is. Or, 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 you know, like a reimagination of of those things brought to life for 2000 and 2006, 2007. You know, so then how do you take a, two, a look from 2007? How do you take the 90s, you know, thinking about music now, you know, how does mm-hmm. Chris Brown, you know, win with a hit today in, two, in, in 2018, 2017 from, you know, uh, a sample or a hook, you know, from SWV from 1994, you know what I mean? So it's just a kid, the, the, the kids that listen to Chris, Chris Brown today would never know that that was SWV from, ni- SWV from 1994, but there's a few of us, you know, who heard it, who lived it, and, like, enjoyed it. Like, oh, like, I remember that from this. You know, so it's just, so it's the same thing with makeup. Like, everybody's just copying everything right now. I think that's the worst part about social media. Everybody's just copying yeah. the same thing over and over, and, I think even what you're, even what people are copying right now, they don't realize is is Mac makeup from the '90s. Mm-hmm. It was the way that they trained Mac makeup artists in the '90s, like this heavy brow that people do, That's which right. people a lot of people do, like the Atlanta brow. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like this 
this full sculpted brow with the concealer on top and concealer under the bottom. That was what Mac was doing in the 90s. So kudos to Mac, you know, for, you know, all of those artists that were working, those artists that were working at Mac and for years of careers who finally left, you know, the company or, you know, because of the changes and then they turned to YouTube and then those became the new YouTube stars. So you have like 10 years of YouTube and now, it's a it's a it's a new look and uh, but again Mac's not getting necessarily credit for it, but there's new players in the game that are so. Right. I don't know. It's, uh, research. Yeah, that's that's what it is. That's what makes you a great artist. <laughs> and great product and timeliness, being on time, being reliable. There's just so many things I could go on and on about this one because you know there's so many. I, I feel like just people now just ex- have an expectation that. They're just automatically once they enter the enter the scene, they're supposed to be great, and mm-hmm. um, and they're also trying to live up to whatever they're seeing on social media, which nine times out of ten is not a reality. Um, so they're showing up to set with with uh, expectations that are just unrealistic. They're uh, not willing to participate in projects unless they're getting paid for it. Like I don't know how many projects you've worked on where you work for free, but I just I've spent years and still do things where mm-hmm. it's just for the love of the project and for the love of the work. Right. And it's just getting me to the next level of, you know, of, of trying something new. And I just think that that's lost. Everybody's just so consumed with being famous right now and yes. getting, mm-hmm. up the, yeah. getting up their likes and you don't even know how to monetize the likes that you do get. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's tough. Yeah, I think there needs to be a re-education. There's an etiquette that has been lost, um, and I think in 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 a, in a on your journey of becoming a great makeup artist, um, it is learning those etiquettes of business, learning those etiquettes of being an assistant, learning those etiquettes of being the key, learning learning the etiquettes of just being an entrepreneur and being a person in business. Um, try to be the business that you want to patronize. You know, I think uh, that would be the best advice I would give. Um, I did my pop-up. I did a pop-up for my brand in D.C. uh, as a kiosk inside of Pentagon City Mall. And, you know, the types of stores that I like to, you know, kind of shop in, which are like Barney's and Saks and Neiman's and, you know, Chanel and Louis Vuitton. And not that I'm necessarily shopping purchasing in all of these stores, but the environment is what I really, what I really enjoy. So I try to bring an essence of that to my brand because I just love what those brands do. And, and, you know, the idea that I could walk into a store and have a glass of champagne as I shop, you know, or, um, or I'm greeted in a specific way when I walk in the door, like I tried this, I tried to implement that in my own store and also um, in this kiosk. And what I learned you know, and just doing and operating that kiosk was every time I spoke to someone, they almost, they ran away. They ran away from me. And it was just like, whoa, this is so strange. It's so weird that people would just run away from you. So I tried something different. Like after a couple of weeks, I was like, you know, let me just stop talking to people. I'll just ignore you. Like, let me just ignore you and see what happens. (laughs) And the more I ignored people, the more they started to search, they started to discover and they started to talk. It was like they wanted to, they wanted to, need to wait to speak to them and 
uh, or they wanted to speak first, which is it's a different shopping experience. It's not a luxury shopping experience. And that's when I learned that everybody's not accustomed to shopping luxury, you know, so, you know, you have to, so as a business person, you also have to, you have to do your uh, due diligence and do your research and try different things in a different way so that you learn how to speak to your consumer, whoever, whoever that may be, whether that is, if your plan is to, to, to do celebrity makeup, then you have to learn how to speak to the types of celebrities that you want to because there is a there's a difference between uh there's a difference between celebrities as well you know what i mean and what they look for and their personalities and what they gel with versus another one um so you just you have to find your lane and if you're working in in product manufacturing and retailing uh then yeah then you have to yeah i that was a that was a very quick lesson i had to learn um because i was right in the middle of the mall and I'm in the middle of a, of a tourist mall, and tour, not all tourists are shopping at the types of stores that I shop in. So, you know, um, right. so we have to learn how to how to read, how to talk to them too. So it just goes across the board. Right. But speaking of being an entrepreneur, AG. Oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of being an entrepreneur, oh. why did you, why did you start your uh, product line? Hmm. For me, it was always just a natural extension of what I, what I set out to do. You know, like I, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I started makeup. I started the way I started makeup was more or less just out of a seeing a need. Like I didn't like what a makeup artist that was hired on a job I was working on was doing, and I was like, hey, like I gave you so many references of what I liked and what I was looking to achieve, and this doesn't look anything like those references. And, you know, for me, I'm pretty literal, literal with my references. So if I give you a reference of a red lip, I don't want kind of a red lip or like a burgundy lip. I just want a red lip. If I want it, if I give you a reference of winged eyeliner, then I really want you to make winged eyeliner. I want, I don't really know that I want to, well, I know that I don't want like a smoky eye that kind of looks like winged eyeliner. I want one or the other. So that was kind of the way that I got into makeup. It was like, hey, if I had your stuff, I would just do this myself. And I just thought about that, and I went home and digested that. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that, so how do we how do we manifest that, and how do we bring that to life? I think the same thing happens with my what happened with makeup. Like I with creating products. Like I knew um, from just my spending habits, I had been buying a ton of lip glosses for all of my clients at the time, like Keisha Cole and Faith Evans and Brandy and you know, Amory and Latoya, every time I saw them, I would just like buy like new lip gloss. I was like, oh my God, like I'm buying so much lip gloss. I should like either buy some stock in Lancome Juicy Tubes or I need to make my own uh, because those are the ones I was just always buying. And that prompted me to start on my journey to figure out how to manufacture uh, lip gloss. When it came to AJ Crimson Beauty, um, it was after I had clo- a year after I had closed Kissable Couture. Uh, which is my luxury lip gloss line, um, and I was like, what, do, what, what have I always been known for? What was the thing that kept bringing women back to me versus someone else? And it was the fact that I was able to create skin that looked like skin. I could give her full coverage, but it always just looked like her skin. She never not saw herself. I remember A. Marie saying to me one time, like, AJ, like, I know – that you work with this girl and this girl and this girl, and I was working with them all simultaneously, she said, I never felt like I've seen my look 
in any one of those girls. I always felt like I was, mm-hmm. everything you did for me was unique to me, and everything you've done for them has been unique to them. And and that has that was what I that was the story that I wanted to tell with AJ Crimson Beauty was that there's a way for you to be a part of the makeup experience without transforming yourself completely to look like someone else. Um, right. You don't have to. We don't have to go through the motions of doing 20 steps to try to look like Kim Kardashian. We can use her right. techniques, but I still want you to look like you. I want you to look like a better version right. of you. I also created the line um, to create a legacy in the sense of I want my brand, the AJ Crimson brand is the brand that you, that as a, as a mother, you turn it on to your daughter as a, as a young per as a as a millennial look using it when you have a daughter, I want you to give this to her and bring and it be a it be a generational thing it'd be a a a, a passing of the rights like hey if you're going to wear makeup, then you need to wear the best makeup you need to wear the makeup that's going to allow you to shine in a bigger and brighter way because you're a beautiful person as you are, and we just want to be polished and you know we and we can be we can be bad and bougie we can be boss girls we can be you know, a bad B. We could be whatever it is that you want to be, you know what I mean? But we can do it in the best way and look our best and not have to transform. And that's what the brand gives, I think. We don't, I don't, um, uh, I and we, me and my team, like we don't set out to follow the trends that are happening right now because those are, those things quickly fat, quickly fade. Uh, but what we do mm-hmm. do is we, 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 discover the things that are that we're passionate about and the conversations that we want to have and that we turn those conversations that we want to have into the trends. So we're in 2006, dewy skin was a thing that I was doing then. It's still the thing I'm doing now. And we've just gotten, we've, we're passing through this whole matte phase, which when I was learning mm-hmm. makeup, everybody wanted to be matte and I detested it. I was right. like, oh my God, if you give me one more studio fix. Right. Like if you, pat, if you, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like everybody, like I had, I had a whole kit of studio things. Like you couldn't tell oh, yeah. me anything. Like I was studio <laughs> fixing girls down. You know what I mean? When I first started, but then when I changed and evolved into something else, it was like, okay, cool. Like, well, let's put the powder down. You know what I mean? Like let's embrace, yeah. you know, some of the oil in the skin because that's the beauty about, you know, skin that is oily, like it, like you're going to have right. amazing skin for a lifetime, you know, so let's embrace it. Let's do things that kind of, you know, help us to highlight that. And yeah, if it means putting a little more oil on top, like let's do it. Like I had, I had right. women like in TV and film who used to debate me on, uh, in one of my classes, actually, I taught like one of my first classes, I took baby oil gel and I put mm-hmm. a thin layer of it all over the girl's face. And then I started to do her makeup over the top. And, you know, a girl in TV and film told me, she's like, oh, you can't do that in TV and film. I was like, well, yeah, I can because all of my girls are going on TV all the time. And it looks absolutely amazing. You know what I mean? Like, you just you have to figure out how to make it work for you. Like, you know, exactly. if you want to be matte and dry all day long, then go for it. But, you know, when I see Charlize Theron on you know, in the movie, she's taking the things that she's learned from her fashion experience where it's dewy, it's fresh, it is, you know, it feels um, it feels modern and it feels forward. She's bringing her team from her fashion team, from her fashion side onto her movie set. And where a, right. a, a traditional movie makeup artist who had not had a fashion experience would say, oh, well, it lacks dimension, it lacks this. No, it actually doesn't. It just 
it gives a different feel and a different look. And every we can't all go to the we can't all subscribe to the Joe Blasco way of doing makeup. That's right. You know what I mean? Like because we're not shooting movies in the same way anymore. You know, we're not And in the same right, you know, in the same time period and yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, so yep, so absolutely. so things change and people change and um Absolutely. That was that is why I started my brand. I really you know, I really believe, it. and even now, like, I just, you know, it's one of those things, like, I never fret, like, everybody asked me about a couple launches that had come out that were uh, foundation-focused, and they were like, oh, well, H, like, what do you think about this brand? What do you think about that brand? I was like, I, like, I, don't, I don't have any thoughts about it. Like, I, I think it's great for them, you know, great for them that they've, mm-hmm. they've created another option for another consumer. That doesn't mean that I'm going to go now race out to make matte foundation. You know, because right. I don't, it's just not what I do. And I know how to make the foundation that I do make. I know how to use the products that I do, that I have created, um, how to make it mattify that girl's skin if that's what she desires. I think we're carrying around too much product and we really only right. need <laughs> right. not that many things. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I just wanted to add to what you were just saying. Janice and I, we use oil on our actresses every single day. So okay. it, it is possible. I mean, it, it looks beautiful. You know, it makes mm-hmm. the skin look like real skin. So, I mean, yeah. you know, we love it. But like you said, you have to make it work for you. But speaking about... And, do, and, and, brands, you know, and, no, and don't get me wrong. Like, there's a girl out here who... If you layer and layer and layer... Like, I, I don't mind layering and layering foundation. Like, I, I can layer uh-huh. and build a foundation like the best of them. But at the end of all that layering, I still wanted to feel full coverage, but I still wanted to feel like her. I still wanted to feel like, oh, right. she, what, what does she have on her skin? Because she looks extra flawless, but I know there's something there, but I, don't, I just don't know what it is. Right. And I don't know how you got there. And that's what, that's the best part. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, yeah, like yeah. depending on the lighting scenario, depending on the, the the shooting variables like yeah like you are gonna need to add more but should it always should it look like I should it look cakey can I take the same face can I take the same face that I've applied this many layers to from in front of the screen and take it from behind the screen and let her go out to the party after she's done shooting and does it still look like does it look like her skin or does it look like we just powdered it down and packed it on right she really needs to take it off and start over you know what I mean. <laughs> Right. I know exactly what you mean. So it's like if I am happy to say that I can do that. I know how to I can take it from one extreme to the other and I think that's what's made me work for the girls that I work with because it doesn't matter whether you're standing two feet from her or you're just looking at it, you know, through your television at home, that makeup is the same. The makeup and the application was the same. And she gets to wear that yeah. all day long. And if maybe with a minimal touch-up, if we're going to hit like that 10 or 12-hour mark, but not that much. And it's definitely right. not cracking and peeling. Right. So since you brought up the point of uh, other brands, I wanted to ask you about this. Because this is something when I first saw it, it really bothered me. So I just want to know your take on it all. And, and and if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to talk about it. But you posted um, this beautiful photo of Grace Jones. She had a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. And in your post, oh, you said, everyone, everyone claimed to have had the deepest shade of foundation. 
you believed him until you discovered A.J. Crimson Beauty in shade number eight. I love the pose. I love the pose. Yes, I love the pose. I love the, um, I love the, you know, the photo. I love everything you said about it until I see another post on social media mm-hmm. by a different artist, same post, same uh, photo, and they say, mm-hmm. you know how no one, and no one's in all caps, you know how no one has made foundations of this type of shade properly ever before? And I stopped. Oh, wow. And I was like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> I'm looking at this post, and it looks like you just stole the post. Okay, but I, I read on. Yeah. And it says, watch this space in 2018 because I will. And they go on with and posting a couple of different hashtags. It's time, beauty, um, for all, global, 4K longwear cream. And then they go on to hashtag uh, the name of the brand, which I won't mention. But I was I so bothered by that. You, have to, you, have okay. to text you want me to tell you? Work. Okay, I'll text you. I'll text no, you to let no. you know. <laughs> okay, you can text me. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. I'll text you let them know. Um, but it, it, it pissed me off. And I'm like, first of all, we're professionals. But who are you to say? Now, I mean, of course you're going to believe that your foundation is the best. I get it. For sure. But all the years when there weren't so many choices for women of color. Mm-hmm. And now, like you said, there's a different brand popping up. Like every, every week you see something different. Somebody's got a new foundation. There's so many different um, brands made by people of color for people of color. Okay. So then when yeah. Rihanna comes out with her, her brand and she's got all these shades of foundations, what happened? Everybody jumped up. Now they've got 40 shades here, 40 shades there, 40 shades there. You know, you're talking Lancome, um, you know, Kylie, and everybody else. Everybody jumped up now, and everybody's got 40 shades. Okay? Right. In all actuality, it probably don't take that much, but everybody's got 40 shades. So when I saw this post, I wanted to reach out to that person really badly and say, what makes you think you're the authority on, on women of color? Right. What makes right. you think? What makes you think that your product is better than AJ's? Because I felt like she was taking jabs at you. Mm. And I'm like, what makes you think, you know, your product is better than AJ's? Like what? Like I wanted to know what research have you done? Um, who are right. the, the women of color that you've worked on? I need the receipts. I need to see photos. I need to see what makes you the authority. Why do you feel like what you have coming out in 2018 is going to be done properly? What makes her think that what you did wasn't proper? Right, right. So I was just bothered by that. <laughs> I'm probably oh, letting it out. very interesting. I was bothered. <laughs> well, I mean, so like, uh, well, let's unpack that in a couple different ways. I think that, um, you know, Let's go to the 40 shades, first of all. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think because actually Rihanna's brand was one of the brands that a lot of people were like when it happened when it was when it was launching like oh my god like what do you think about Fenty's launch and I was like wow I, I think I think as a business move that was amazing for Rihanna like that was amazing that, is, that was amazing for her to 
you know, to partner with, you know, LVMH and Sephora to, you know, put this brand out because, you know, mm-hmm. as a black woman in with a, with such a large global voice, um, she, it makes great sense on everybody's part involved because she's the, she's the black woman that can drive the conversation in, in the huge way that she did, you know what I mean? And bring exactly. the awareness to it that she did. Um, was she the first person to do it? No. Um, no. But I don't think that they even, they don't even believe that they're, that she was the first person to do it, but she's the largest voice. She has the exactly. platform in order to, in order to spread the news. So as a 360 mm-hmm. business, she's success. Every song she puts out is a number one hit. Every time she gets on the, does a fashion project, it becomes, you know, something really great. Mm-hmm. If you've done your research on Rihanna, you've watched her do her brand partnerships over the years from her first ones with JC Penney's on through, you know, her collaborations with Dior, like being the first black woman mm-hmm. to like kind of be, you know, in that Dior secret garden campaign, you know, and then it was only her, it was only natural for her to take the next step and, do a deal like this and do a line and do a, a line of products in a time when makeup is just so prevalent and strong. And then also, you know, why wouldn't she do it when you have the Kardashians, you know, who are capitalizing and doing it as well? Like, I think black women needed Rihanna. You know what I mean? Like, they definitely mm-hmm. needed, Absolutely. They needed her because she's, cause she's there, she's, she's in their, in their peer group. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of, right. you know, popularity so it it needed that it needed her in that space um right so i thought it was i thought it was genius i think that um so yeah so for me it was just like okay i like yeah i didn't have a thought about it but i think what a lot of people were thinking was like well aj like you make makeup for women of color like yeah like i do and so does fashion fair like right who was doing it for since before i was born you know what i mean so right. So uh-huh. what happens to that? Like, you know, and that was a black-owned company, you know, who was family-owned, which I think is still family-owned. It was a family-owned, yeah. black-owned business for since its inception. So how does that, how does that take, how does that fare with anything? Like, um, you know, it doesn't change, the, it doesn't change what I'm doing. It doesn't change what I'm doing no. because it's a different group, a different time, a different audience. Um, Ariana's audience may, is not necessarily my audience. Um, our price points are not necessarily the same price points. Um, you know, our brand experience is totally different, you know, and, and fashion fair, like it's, it's, it's a different experience. Like we're all offering each other different things, but what we are doing is as a collective group is, which makes us all stronger at the end of the day is that we're offering black women more options that she never had before. And I think that that is, the, the mind frame that I look at it. Yes, I think in 2013 when I launched AJ Crimson with just eight shades and I launched with my number eight, I helped to pioneer and usher in a conversation that nobody thought was a real opportunity because everybody, because nobody was talking to black women in the same way. Yes, we had CoverGirl Queen, you know, which that collection, which was CoverGirl's, um, you know, way of answering filling that void and filling that gap for all of its consumers. Mm-hmm. But that's also a, still a, a drugstore brand. There was no pro-driven right. brand and there was no pro-luxury driven brand that spoke to black women first and spoke to the women, right. to the needs of women of color because women of color is not just black women. It's, it's all, it's a, it's a variety of women. It's most women. That's right. Um, and AJ Crimson Beauty did that. 
And I think that what people, other brands, which I don't need to name the brands, um, because if, you, if you've been watching, like you've seen the similarities in the products that they've released since AJ Crimson Beauty has come out. So if you really mm-hmm. look at it, you're like, oh, like, oh, I remember, like, wow, that's so crazy. This square pan looks like this square pan. These, this color right, raisin, right. This color <laughs> The product may look, it might be a little bit drier than AJ's, but wow, this look, this is kind of like the same thing. You know what I mean? But they also have, right. they have larger platforms in order to get the word out more. So it, it looks and it seems as if maybe they were onto something first. But I don't really look at, it doesn't matter. My place in the world is not dictated by by when somebody else released something. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's just, right. Absolutely. You know, it, it just, it, I just continue to do what it is that I'm doing. And, you know, and whoever yeah. comes along, hopefully they take, hopefully they take whatever I've done and they expand the conversation further. But I think that, again, going back to the real, the bigger the bigger point of everything is it doesn't matter who started the conversation. The fact that the conversation is now being had in such a large way, which we have to attribute to social media and all of the brands who didn't come out with something for black women that didn't come out with something for women of color, what social media did, it gave black women and women of color uh, as a collective whole, uh, a large voice where they could go to those brands that they Two wanted to participate in, like, hey, like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I like that you make this amazing eyeshadow in all of these colors, but when I and I and I I want to buy the lipstick, I want to buy the eyeshadow, and I want to buy the highlighter. But when it comes to the foundation, it's fifty shades or forty shades that I don't fit in at all. And how do I? How do you complete your custom a complete brand experience for me as a customer in such an important category? And it made a lot of people sit up. So yeah, she so Fenty launched 40, 40 shades in that, and it seemed revolutionary because because the people that were the people who had already had forty shades, they weren't focused on forty shades that were specifically including women of color. Mark Jacobs had fifty mm-hmm. shades of beige. Chanel has however many thirty forty shades of white, you know what I mean, and of beige, you know, it just, Makeup Forever had shades that worked for brown skin, deep skin, or maybe not the deepest skin, but it definitely went further, and we've been using Makeup Forever for years, so, you know, it just was a new conversation, it's not that it was the first one, and I think that now more more than ever, like, people are just focusing on those darker shades, and they're finding, like, oh, like, these colors are flying off our shelves, and it's like, hey, like, how do you how do you get the statistics? The statistics don't lie when it tells you that black women spend so much more money on their beauty regimen than any other ethnicity. So why wouldn't she want to see her skin color in the bottles on the shelves? That's right. Right. So, you know, it's, it's all... I think it, I think the forty shades is like now everybody's jumping on board because they're like oh wait like black girl is buying like oh like black girl really does want her own she really does want to see herself she really does want to do this but I also don't think that it's bad because I was on a I was on a panel a couple of weeks ago and um not a couple of weeks ago a couple of months ago and there was a line of makeup that 
they said that, hey, we just want to make makeup for black women. And someone on the panel challenged that and said, hey, well, isn't that kind of wrong, you know, for you to say that? Because if a company, you know, if, a, if another company comes out and says, hey, we just want to make, you know, makeup that just caters to, you know, lighter skin tones, um, then, you know, they're kind of drilled down in the ground, you know, because they didn't make extra shades. And I felt like each brand has its own story to tell. Every brand has its right. own story to tell. And I think it's okay for a brand to just say, hey, like, we don't understand that skin tone. We don't necessarily know how to formulate for that skin tone, and we're not going to try to formulate it because if we for, if we try right. to formulate it and we get it wrong, then there's no coming back from that. We got it wrong. So unless we're going to actually spend the money and the, do the proper research to actually make make colors beyond what we know as a brand, then we're just not going to tackle it because it just may not be in our sphere, and we're just not speaking to that particular audience. Right. I think that's, and you that's think okay. You, and you have to think about years ago when when there weren't many options for women of color besides, like, fashion fair and things like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to think about some of those other brands like Lancome and, you know, Estee Lauder who, you know, there weren't many black women buying makeup. So why would they carry right. those extra shades? It's still all right. about making I mean, even, money, so why would they carry that? Yeah. Even my darkest color, like number eight. Like I love number eight. Like I love my number eight. It is the best color no one has come close to. I've seen one brand try to I mean many brands have copied it. I see I've seen the copies, but um there's one brand who's come really close to like getting it. And I was like, Oh okay cool. Like you kinda you're you're like like ninety eight percent there. Like I think you're really close. Um, but we don't even as a brand we don't sell a ton of number eight. I have to have it because as a black uh-huh. person I can't not have it. But and I know what I like to use it for on a regular basis. But do in America do we encounter the girl who's number eight as her skin tone on a regular basis? Not no. very often. Not often at all. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's not something that I could take out of my line because the girl who's who's just a shade under that, which is which is really the darkest color, you know, more often than not in this country, you know, she uses it as her contour color, and she deserves to have a contour color, you know. But now mm-hmm. number eight is a is the shade of a girl who's South Sudanese. And if, right. and if we were doing more in South Sudan, every girl would have that color because it really is a direct match. So it's just, so I get it. Like, I mean, I think that's something that consumers just really don't get either, you know, just in the company, like, but like number one, like my number one is almost alabaster. We don't sell a ton of that. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. do I stop making it because we don't sell a lot of it? No. Cause it's cause my brand story as a makeup artist, I need it. I need it for other things, and I don't, and not just a, a particular woman's skin tone. I use it for other things. So, right, you know, but certain certain brands are just consumer driven brands, and you know, hey, and if we've never, if they haven't been speaking to you in the last thirty years, you know, and now all of a sudden she, they want to start talking to you, you have to ask yourself why do they want to talk to you? But then. Furthermore than that, why aren't you talking back to brands that have already, that have included you in the conversation from the beginning? Like people are so 
ready to jump on the next best thing because they just created this new series of colors, but what about the brands who've already been creating for you? Why don't you continue to support them and then also talk to them about the new things that you like them to create so that we can continue to have a relationship together and you're not flip-flopping and jumping all over from brand to brand just because uh, because this girl because this girl brought out a line or this person brought out a line and now they have a color that you might like. I don't know. That's just my take. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, AJ, I have Jocelyn on the line, and she has a comment. So I'm going to bring her on. Hi, Jocelyn. Hi. Hello. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Hi, AJ. Um, I just wanted to say that, first and foremost, AJ Crimson Beauty is everything. It's everything. Thank you. I have been such a fan of AJ Crimson Beauty for five years. And when I tell you I had the most problem with trying to find a foundation that was really, really good for my skin because I had sensitive skin, my skin was extremely oily, but when I found out about AJ Crimson and I was just amazed and I met AJ at, um, what was it, um, the makeup show, and I tried out 4.5 and number two and number seven, yes. and I was just like, this is it, this is it, this is it. So I just want to say <laughs> thank you so much, AJ, for igniting confidence and makeup artists and makeup um, fanatics such as myself. I thank you so much for everything that you have sewn into me and all the makeup artists across the globe. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That is so awesome. You're welcome. That is the best. And I love that you know 4.5 is like my, our number one seller. I feel like I, I think like every girl in the U.S., every, every brown girl in the U.S. is like either 4.5, 5, or 5. <laughs> four, four point five and five. Like they, like it, it's that combination. And she uses number seven as her content for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jocelyn. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. We there? So, tell us a little bit. Yeah, we're still here. Um. Okay. I know we I know we've reached our hour, but tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're going to be doing with um, AJ Crimson Beauty in the new year. So the cool thing is, so we um, I have skincare coming, which I'm super excited about that. I you know if anybody ever has watched a live or um, you know see me just at a class, they always ask like, oh AJ, like what do you use on your skin? Like you know what do you do? And I was like. Like, what do you clean your skin with? And I'm always so bad. I'm like, I was like, yeah, I don't want to tell you because you're gonna judge me. Like I use, <laughs> I use Irish Spring on my face because it's in oh my shower. god, I know, but I'm like, I love it, <laughs> but I just use. I know. See, you're judging me already. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I always use really great skincare. Like I just, you know, and maybe that's just it balances it out. You know, it just. um you know, so my skincare, so I'm super excited to bring my moisturizer out because, um, you know, it definitely has been a part of my daily regimen for a long time. So to be, to kind of have it and, you know, test it and like be using it and, you know, and among, amongst the things that I have found to be my favorites before it, um, I'm excited to be able to bring that out. Uh, so that'll happen, uh, I want to say around March or so, February, March. Um, oh, nice. And then, yeah, so I'm excited about it. It's going to be good. And the beauty oil is really nice, too. And 
so we have uh, we have three three pieces to our skincare which are coming out. So that'll that'll be really great. Then also too, um, I'm doing away with my compact foundation. Um, I don't know if anybody saw it on our page. Uh, there's like they have a discount code like you get 60% off anything in the compact, um, and it's basically because it's bye bye. We're saying bye bye to the compact, and I'm taking it back to a jar and. You know, and uh, the jar that I have, it's just really beautiful. They're actually, you're getting more product um, than in the compact, uh, which is great for you. Not necessarily so great for me because I won't see you as often, but at the same time, (laughs) it's more or less about giving, um, you know, I was, we've been finding, you know, now that we're in our, we kind of are exiting like our fifth year, um, or actually, no, we're still in the middle of our fifth year, but like, you know, just. It's it kind of takes this long, you know. It kind of takes this long to kind of mm-hmm. do um, your research, do your own research on what your customer loves, like what she enjoys, mm-hmm. what doesn't she love, like what could you, how could you make it a little more convenient? Um, in our first year, like we launched with a jar, and we were we had about maybe it was about fourteen or fifteen grams, and we found that the product lasts a long time. Like there's girls who bought it in year one who still have it, like, in year, who had it in year three, you know, and um, and maybe she's just kind of coming out of it in year four. I don't think that she was doing makeup on herself every day or using it every day, uh, and that was something we also learned, but um, I'm going back to the jar because I really loved it. It really was a statement um, for us as a brand, and I think that we, yeah, I think that in, in developing your brand and kind of talking to people, you know, sometimes you can, try to be too many things for too many people. And I learned that I learned who I wanted to speak to. You know, I learned who was already speaking to me and who was following me. Like we have these amazing women who like, obviously like I feel like we're artistry first brand because most of the women that had participated in the AJ Crimson brand or most of the people that have participated in the AJ Crimson brand were artists because we launched at the makeup show, you know, in, in uh, Orlando in 2013. And, you know, so all the makeup artists are talking about it. And, then the make- and, and we've been that for so long and only until maybe the last, you know, year and a half or so, like have more everyday women been discovering, you know, more and more everyday women just discovering it. And how do we create solutions that work for her also? Um, you know, the artist kit is a very smart kit, you know, for anyone, whether you're a makeup artist or not, but not everyone understands it, you know, or understands, like, how to fit themselves within that. Um, you know, where the compact is great, you know, it just, it was just, I just hated the compact, I think, at, at one point. And I just, it just wasn't luxurious enough for me. So, so we're changing mm-hmm. back. So um, going back to a jar, and it's a really beautiful jar. So I love that. And what else is going on? I'm working on a new class series. Um, obviously, like I love to tour. I love going out to every city and just kind of meeting, you know, all of the um, Crimsonites and, you know, and seeing, you know, them and getting like that one-on-one time with them. Uh, so I'll be doing another tour. I'm actually going this week that I do the mastermind. Um, I'll be mapping out, you know, a lot of that for the year. And uh, I have some new products coming. I don't want to say what they are just yet because, you know, because then it commits me to a timeline. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, but they're kind of they're done. It's just like even my nudes, my new nudes collection, I had those things done for a year. I had all of those shades done for a year, and they like a year prior to when they came out. But 
we don't, but it didn't make it. I couldn't see a time when it made sense to put them out before the time that they did. So I have a couple of things that are already complete and kind of ready to go. It's just either like a packaging thing, like how do we do it and how do I, you know, how do I do it in this new, this new realm of AJ Crimson? I've just learned so much, you know, I've learned so much over the last, you know, couple of years from, you know, having opened the store for two years and, you know, deciding that, um, that I didn't want to renew and keep going with it. Um, and if I do it, I'm going to do it in a different place or just really do it in a different way. Like this is the era of pop-ups, you know, um, and I love popping up places. <laughs> I, love, oh. I love going from, from city to city, you know, I, it's traveling. Like I think me being in one stationary place or just even having like my business, like in this one stationary place is kind of, you know, grounding me in too soon, too early, you know, for my taste. Um, so I don't know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cool developments uh, that are going on. Um, I'm going to start promoting like a hands-on workshop uh, that I'm looking to figure out like how many cities I'm going to actually do it in. Um, So yeah, a lot of education, uh, some new products on the way and a new website is coming. So that's going to be great. Nice, nice, nice. You sound like you're going to be busy, but we're excited about it. So um, (laughs) Good luck to you Thanks. in 2019. <laughs> um, thank you, thank you. Last I'm super question. Excited about it. Go ahead. Last question, because we know you gotta you gotta get going. But um, what's your definition of beauty? What's my definition of beauty? Hmm, that's tough because <laughs> because I think that. Uh, I think that we recognize we we all register and digest beauty in in such a different way, you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. sometimes it could be very superficial, and sometimes it could just be from the inside. Like I, you know, I would be lying if I said like, oh, like I just believe everybody's beautiful on the inside and out, and like and and, and beauty starts on the inside first, and that kind of thing. Like mm, I don't necessarily believe that all the time. You know, I think that there are certain things that just are very surface. You, I mean, you could be very ugly on the inside, but you could be stunning on the outside. You know, and you know, and that could be a very beautiful thing. Now, the now the ugly you on the inside could turn people off and make you kind of an ugly person overall. But you know, but um, but if we're looking, but if we look at beauty in different ways and we're just honest about it, like there's certain things that we're just gonna, there's certain things that we're gonna look at it and naturally do a double take because it strikes us in such a, a certain way, and whether that's people or things, um, you know, so it's hard to, it, I mean, I guess it's hard for me to to define like what beauty means or what, what the definition of beauty is. I think, because I think it's just, it's different for everybody. I, I, it might, each experience I have is different for me even, Um, you know, and I wouldn't want to be, I won't, I don't, I'm not going to be fake and be like, Oh, like everybody's beautiful. Like, cause everybody's not beautiful. Like I, you know, like everybody's not beautiful in different, in aesthetic ways. Everybody's not beautiful on the inside. Everybody's not, a lot of things like so we can have these high hopes of what we think at beauty should be. I think beauty is aspirational. And I think that whatever you aspire, whatever your maybe that's the definition, like the definition is really what you what your beauty aspires to be, you know, because if you're if your beauty aspires to be something that is like you have a really amazing body and is building your size, whatever, like this goal that you set for yourself that is what your definition of beauty is for you. Like, I mean, I have, 
like my business partner, like he has a really amazing body, super buff. And I look at it, I'm like, damn, like your body is so dope. Like I want that body, but I know that I'm not going to do the work to get that body. But does that make my body or my de- or make me feel like I'm less attractive? And it doesn't because I look at myself and I think I'm cute and I'm fine every day. You know what I mean? And I'm fine for me. You know what I mean? So it's like, so it's like maybe if I had a little bit of that, then I'd be a little even more on top. But at, but at the same, but but I've never not felt like I was great. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm great in so many other ways that don't define me in that. So you know, so my definition of beauty is, uh, is, is I guess it just is it's a it's personal, and I think it just I, I put it back in the hands of the person who who's judging the beauty because. Because you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to gravitate to the things that are beautiful to you, and 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 that definition can be anything. So, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for ending the year with us on here on Beauty Talk. We really appreciate oh, that's it. So awesome! This is the last yeah. of the year. <laughs> Take you out of 2018 into this new 2019 experience. Yes. Yes, we're ready. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited for it. I have no idea. (laughs) Well, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Great conversation. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Hope I didn't talk too much. (laughs) No, no. Oh, no, it's perfect. (laughs) No, we like talking. (laughs) Good, 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 good. It's hard when they don't want to talk, so no, we're good. <laughs> yeah, <it's> great. Right. <laughs> Lots of things to think about for sure. A lot, great conversation. Well, thank you so much, Absolutely. AJ. Um, have a wonderful time in Florida, and have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you so much. And anybody listening, if you don't already follow me, you can follow me at AJ Crimson. You can check out my brand at AJCrimson.com. You can follow me on Facebook at AJ Crimson. It's super simple. It's AJ Crimson across the board. And, um, yeah, you know what? I think And going into your new year, I guess my last little piece of advice, I kind of was using this hashtag recently. It's like new year, better me. It's like instead of like a new year, new you, like just, aspire to have like a new year better you you know like better than what you did Mm -hmm. last year better than what you did the day before and um you know because i I don't think i don't think we're all looking for oh and that's something i'll tell you so i last year and i'll I'll end on that note i want to say like coming into 2018 before that i was thinking to myself i was like i was needing a breakthrough i was needing something to happen i just was like i wish i had like a reset button on a couple of things because i just wanted to start over new and then when i what I, and I think like putting that in the universe and then some things that had come back to me um, because I put that out there, I got to see what it would look like if I started, started some of these projects new. And what I realized is that that wasn't what I wanted. I didn't want it. I didn't want something new. I just wanted something better. I just wanted a better way of doing. I wanted a better way of being. I wanted a better process of getting. And, um, and it really made me think about the way that I express things and ask the universe for things and talk to God about things because uh, because literally what the way I had said it before I I got what I I got a vision of what it was gonna look like and I was like oh wait 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 that wasn't what I needed so you know when you speak your when you speak your truth and the, and your wants and your desires into the universe like really 
word option and word choices matter and really know, mm-hmm. you know, what it is you're saying because sometimes you may say, like, oh, I just want a new me, and it's not really you want a new you, you know, because you may yeah. not really understand the ramifications of what it takes to get a new you, but you want a better you or what you have to give up to be a new you right. to get a better you. So Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's my two thousand and that's my advice for two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's, that's a, those are great things to think about as the year ends. Like you said, going into the new year. That's uh that's good stuff. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Well you guys have a happy new year. You too. And um and I can't wait to tune in next year. See who the guest All right. is. Yep, All right. We're them up now. <laughs> new, new Year, better beauty talk. That's right. All right. I like That's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again, AJ. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Have a great day. Okay. Have okay. a good night. Bye-bye. Safe travels. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you guys for tuning in for tonight's show. Thank you um, for our caller, Jocelyn, making her a great comment. Um, and, again, thank you guys for tuning in for uh, 10 whole years. We're really excited about that, and we're looking forward to the next 10. Um, please share with us um, on our social media pages um, anything that you think you might like for us to tackle in the new year, topics, guests. Whatever you suggest, we'll try to our best to make it happen. Um, and, again, we're just so grateful. Uh, you know, again, like my sister said in the beginning of the year, we have listeners from all over the world. We're so thankful for that, um, tuning in each and every Sunday night. So thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's been a long 10-year journey and has not been easy trying to be um, consistent and being on this line every Sunday um, evening, but um, we're doing our best, and it's and it's working out just fine. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, my sister will tell you how you guys can follow us, and we will chat with you guys again in the new year. Yes. Yeah, so if you are on Facebook, you can follow um, uh, Beauty Talk. We're Beauty Talk Online Radio, and on Twitter, we're Beauty Underscore Talk. And on Instagram, we're beauty underscore talk underscore media. And you can follow Janice and I both on all uh, social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, just using our names. That's at Janice Tunnell, J-A-N-I-C-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. And for me, Denise, that's D-E-N-I-S-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Again, thank you guys. Um, Have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Talk to you guys in 2019. Good night.